Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny SD. Hey guys, it's Johnny and welcome to episode 84 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm here today with a guy who's crushing it on Kindle, Adrian Ingram from Australia. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, uh, I'm not doing that well on Kindle. You know, I have a couple books, um, but I make maybe about $200 a month. Someone, when I, when I had lunch with you today and I was like, you know, you're doing super well on Kindle. I mean... Can we, we talk about how well you're doing? Do you mind? Uh, yeah, sure. So I'm probably going to do around 6,000 Australian this month, um, which Americans maybe four and a half. It's crazy the, the exchange rate because it used to be the Australian dollar was worth more than mm. the yeah. US dollar. Yeah, it actually dropped again yesterday. So, I mean, it's perfect That's for insane. me. That's insane. Because I was going to say 6,000 uh, Australian should be like 5,500 US. But in reality, it's now it's even less. It's, that's so crazy. Yeah, it's perfect. So like, it's the best time if you're from Australia or Canada even to be making money from the US. Right. Yeah. But I mean, regardless, like you know, four thousand five hundred dollars US for selling Kindle books is is insane. Yeah, it's pretty random. Like, yeah. did you did you think that? I mean, so when you were let's say in high school, when you were like sixteen, did you ever think that you would even publish one book? Not at all. This is like totally out of the blue for me. And how many books do you have total now? Uh, I've got, I think, 197 up at the moment. And then I've got some <laughs> extra ones as box sets as well. That's such an insane fact. So I really wanted to have you on the show uh, because this is something that you can do location independently. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I've been doing it in Melbourne. And I thought, well, it's real cold there right now. So why not come to Chiang Mai and, you know, do it in the heat? Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. How, did, how did you get started with it? Uh, it's pretty random, really. I was selling stuff on eBay, and I mean, I just got kind of sick of inventory, and you know, some products wouldn't sell. You'd buy things from China, and they'd be broken, and it was a real hassle to not make a heap of money. Um, so I was just looking at other ways to really make money online, and stumbled across it. Really, yeah. Okay. And for your first couple of books, so I'm I'm assuming you don't write these books yourself. Nobody has time to write 200 books from scratch. Uh, no, so I just do the research of like what's going to sell, and then I just yeah pay writers. Okay, and so how how what does the research process look like? Um, basically, I can look through the bestseller categories, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all nonfiction, so the the bestseller categories are changing all the time. Um, things like health problems, uh, do it yourself type topics, those kind of things. Okay, cool. So you you just showed me a couple of your bestsellers right now. One is gardening. And I'm looking at something right now. If you guys want to take a look, uh, I'll have links to it in the show notes. This is uh, episode 84. But they're called, you know, they're these gardening box sets. They have like vegetable gardening, um, organic gardening, beginner's guide to vegetable gardening, and growing delicious vegetables from home. <laughs> like, you know, it's so crazy thinking that like, I mean, first off, who buys these books? Um, it's really hard to tell. Um but yeah, like these gardening books, they don't make me a heap of money, mm-hmm. but I do have a large volume of them. So I've got something like 20 books. And so I actually use these to build up a list on the back end. And so basically there's an opt-in to get a free 
I think it's how to grow tomatoes guide inside the book and that leads them to an opt-in page. Oh, nice. Yeah. So when you, when you have the email list, are you selling them other books or other products? Uh, other products. So I'm still building that up at the moment. Okay. But uh, yeah, so I need to write some more emails. But that's the idea. Yeah, just affiliate marketing. I think this is a great lead for that because obviously these people are interested in gardening. So then, you know, and they don't mind spending two ninety nine on a book because it's it's easy, it's short. And if they get a couple of things out of it, they'll be happy. And assuming that they like the book and they opt in for your list to get that free uh, guide, it, you know that they're, they're a customer that spends money. That's it. So they're a paying customer. So theoretically, they should be easier to convert. Um, but, you know, it's, it remains to be seen. It takes a while to build up a big list through Kindle. Um, but it's definitely an extra way to just add some money on the back end. So do you think that, I mean, so right now you're not emailing them at all? At all? You just... Uh, I have an autoresponder series of about five emails so okay. far, but I'm still, I need to work on it and make some more emails. Okay. And from that, are people kind of sticking on or are a lot of people unsubscribing from that? Um, I've only had maybe four or five unsubscribe out of a couple of hundred subscribers so oh, far. So it's been good. pretty good. Okay. Um, but I mean, I'm not constantly emailing them. So it's it's going to be hard to tell until I email them a bit more and test it. Yeah, because one hard thing is if people kind of forget who they are or you are and how they got on the list, sometimes when they get that first email, they just click spam, which which is terrible. So I, I would actually suggest maybe to start, you know, even though it's not a big list right now, just start emailing them or even market to them now. Just, you know, just so they, they know who you are. You know, do you ever just, you know, even just recommend your other books on there? I haven't really so far, but I mean, I'm just releasing my books as box sets mm-hmm. for this particular author. So like a bundle of books for a reduced price. So I'm planning on sending out some emails when that's done. And okay. just, yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's great. Um, so I'm taking a look at one of your books. It's called Herb Gardening, A Beginner's Guide to Herb Planning and Growing a Great Herb Garden. And it's by Steve Ryan, who's the author. Yep. Who, okay, so... Can you kind of explain, like, I'm, I'm assuming just by looking at this, uh, one person's making the cover, one person's writing the content, someone else is editing it, someone else is uh, putting it up on Kindle, and someone else is, like, optimizing the, the, the titles and the keywords. Is that all you or do you have a team? Uh, so for the cover, I go on Fiverr, and I have a person on there who's really good. He does two covers for $5. So I'll send him a bunch of books at once, or I'll send him one book and make him... Uh, do two covers so I can choose the best option. Mm-hmm. Um, all the keyword research and all the, the titles and optimizing, that's me. Um, and I also have a writer who's separate to me as well who does the writing. But yeah, everything else is me. That's, that, that's, that's cool. So for the keyword research, is that a manual process? Do you use software or anything? I used to use software, but you can really do a lot of it manually on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you start typing in, say, Herb into the uh, search bar, mm-hmm. It's going to come up with suggestions. Okay. And the suggestions, I'm assuming these are all um, these are all books that have been written already or and they're ranking high or? So those those suggestions, yeah. uh, the top one's going to be the one most commonly typed in. Okay. So in this case, it's going to be herbal medicine. Yep. Okay. So if I, so if I click that, it, does it, it, so it doesn't necessarily mean that there's the most information about herbal medicine it just means that's that's what people are searching for uh yeah it just means that that with the first word being herb herbal oh. medicine is going to be the most searched for so when you're doing your keywords amazon gives you seven keywords to select for a book um and so you want them to be related to your topic that's a great way to choose your keywords because that's, that's what people are searching for really smart so i just typed in herbal medicine and i the number one bestseller is 
Rosemary Gladstar's Medicinal Herbs, a Beginner's Guide. Uh, and it has 586 reviews. So this one's selling a ton. Is this, when you see that, are you, would you even bother creating a book that's similar or would you just skip that one? I probably wouldn't compete with that just because she has that many reviews and it's also at a high price point. I'd say that she has a list that she's, or a website or a blog that she's uh, driving traffic to that book with. Mm-hmm. But I'll normally look at the first four or five books. Um, if there's under, say, 30 or 40 reviews and they're selling well uh, with a bestseller rank of under 100,000, then I'll, I'll go after it. Okay. So we're looking at number two, three, four, all have less than 40 reviews. Uh, if I click into it, I'm assuming that's going to tell us that the selling ranks are more. Uh, yep, just down a little bit more. That's... Okay. So it is... Are we... Which one were we were looking at? Just the... that one there, yeah, fifty-eight thousand. Okay, so that's just the bestsellers rank. We don't care about the subcategories, like no, not at all. Okay. No, you just want the bestseller rank. So this is actually really similar to to selling FBA products. Have you ever looked into that? Yeah, I think that's the next step um, that Kindle can really help me get into because I have experience with Amazon and mm-hmm. it does take a bit more money from what I've seen to get into FBA. But yeah, it's definitely something I've thought about. So the last episode, the last guest, episode 83, was a, a guy named Michael Coughlin who has a new course called FBA Empire. And, the, you know, he teaches a lot of things like this, like, you know, how to, how to see what items are selling. Um, and I think, you know, what you're doing is a really good fit just to get into FBA. Or, you know what, why not just keep crushing it here? So, <laughs> Yeah, well, the goal with me for Kindle, I've been doing it for about two years now. Is to just get it passive and then move on to something else. Like, okay. Yeah. So that okay. So the the you know the six thousand you're making now, how passive is that? I'd say ninety five percent. Like, if I want to, I can take a month off and I'll still make a decent income. Uh, the purpose of this trip was really just to build it up to as good as it can be. Okay. Yeah. So, how long have you been doing this again? You said about two years. Two years. Yeah. And like, how long did it take you to start making money? Oh, quite a while, probably. Almost the first year to make anything decent. Wow, okay. Yeah. And what do you mean by decent? I mean maybe more than 1500 a month. Okay. Yeah. But like did you, did, like right away, were you making a couple hundred dollars a month or was it less than that? It took a while for me because at first I was just churning out a bunch of books that were bad quality on bad topics. I didn't know how to do the research mm-hmm. and they just weren't selling. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't getting them reviews. I wasn't putting them through promotions. All the stuff that I've learned now you have to do. Okay. I think, the, you know, even though this isn't a huge money um, startup cost, you know, I think like if someone really wanted to, they can they could write the book themselves, but that's a huge exactly. time investment. Um, on average, how much are you paying your writers? Uh, for a 10,000 word book, I pay them, I think it's around $110 US. Okay. And how many pages is that around? Uh, roughly between 40 and 60. That'll okay. come out. Up. Yeah. So pretty sh- short books. It's kind of bite-sized books. Yeah, short bite-sized on a small topic. Yeah. Okay. And do you just give them like an outline of, of what you want or? Yeah, exactly. So I'll just tell them um, what, I, what I want included in the book and I send them a template as well that's already formatted for Kindle. So it means they don't mess up my formatting yeah. and it's all perfect when I get it. Oh, easy. And how do you find the writers? Uh, I use a service called epicwrite.com. Mm-hmm. Um, the quality with that is okay most of the time. They have different quality uh, choices you can choose. 
Um, but I'd recommend anyone out there to go with the best quality. Otherwise, you won't get a native English speaker. Okay. So that's what I do is go with the best quality and you get a US writer. So that's much better than trying to, trying to go on Fiverr or trying to go on Odesk or something. Yeah, there are some on Fiverr that are okay. But yeah, you might get some terrible ones as well. Okay. Uh, so it's epicwrite.com. I'll have a link to that as well. Uh, so it's awesome that to create a book, you can literally go on Fiverr, get a cover, go on Epic Write, get the book written, and then I'm assuming for the important things like you know the the titles and the keywords uh, and uploading, you just, you just do that yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's really quick to get started. So one question I have is. Since since the Australian dollar is so weak right now, is there not an option for you to get paid in US dollars? I think I can potentially if I set up a US bank account. But I mean, at the moment, for every US dollar, I get something like a dollar thirty eight Australian. So it makes sense for me to just keep it coming to me. Okay, so, yeah. so that also makes sense because yeah. they're, they're, it's not like you're losing money by having it. No, I'm, I'm making a lot more money. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. So you're happy with it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So te- I mean, I guess technically you are making US dollars. Just they're, they're converting it into Australian dollars. Yeah. So the main two markets with Amazon, as you probably know with your books, are the US and UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so because the Australian dollar is dropping with that, mm-hmm. I mean, both of those markets, I own more in Australian. So I like it. Okay. So you also sell paperbacks uh, and you say you do it with CreateSpace? Yeah, exactly. So I just go on Fiverr once again and I pay someone to format my book for CreateSpace and then it's really simple just to upload the same document on there. You know, maybe I should uh, do a better job with mine. <laughs> uh, I think, so for Life Changes Quick, my, my latest book, uh, I think the the CreateSpace, the paperback is coming out good. But I think for my first book, 12 Weeks in Thailand, I think the cover is pixelated from what somebody said. So maybe I need to redo that cover for that. But it's so few people buy the paperback that I'm wondering if it's worth it. Why do you think that, I mean, do, do you sell quite a bit of paperback books? Yeah, I actually uh, make more money off the paperback books um, simply because they're a higher price point. Okay. Yeah. And I guess they're, they're still, you know what, do you think it's because of these niches that you're in where people, like uh, I'm assuming for like the gardening niche, the people are a bit older, so maybe they like paperback books? Yeah, it can help. I mean, there's a huge trend going towards the digital books. Like, it's growing at a huge rate every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's pretty much on par with uh, physical books at the moment. Um, so it's hard to say. I think some people just still like that paperback feel. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. Like, I, I personally would rather read a paperback book. But especially because I travel, I don't want to... First, I don't have anywhere to ship it. And then second, I don't want to carry 20 books while I travel. You know, but we're yeah. such a small minority. <laughs> I would say most people are at home. You know, they want a book that they can put on their bookshelf, and it's also kind of like a trophy. You know, yeah, there's something nice about a physical book. But there's also a lot of people that you know they uh, take the train to work or the bus. Having mm-hmm. a Kindle there with you know all your your digital books can be really handy for a lot of people. Okay, so what what do you think? What are your thoughts on audiobooks? Audiobooks, I think, are going to be the next the next kind of Kindle. Mm-hmm. That'll be the next big thing from what I've seen. Um, it's still fairly new, but I mean, you can listen to them anywhere and you know, you can work out listening to an audiobook. I mean, I love it, but um, it's something I still have to test out myself. Okay. So, do you think you're going to create new specific audiobooks or do you think you're just going to take some of your best sellers and turn them into an audiobook? Yeah, exactly. I think I'll just take the best selling, maybe 15 or 20 mm-hmm. to start with. Um, it is quite expensive to get them changed into audiobooks. 
um, and quite a lengthy process. But yeah, I mean, once they're up, you just set it and forget it. And it's just another way to make money off that work that's already been done. So one of the things that, that I really like about your, your methods is you don't mind paying people money up front for a potentially, you know, long, like big return, or at least like almost like a lifetime return. Like on average, total it all in, how much does one of your books kind of cost to create? Uh, okay, so typically for a 10,000 word book, as I said, probably $110 US for the writing, uh, another $5 or so for the cover. Um, I also have virtual assistants that'll go out and try and get people to review my books. And so I do pay them and it probably costs an extra $50 to get my book up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's that? Maybe $165, $170 per book. Right. And so like per book, I guess I guess it's kind of hard to say because some books will do really well one month and not other months. But like, how do you, I mean? How do you even do? You just kind of figure, okay, I'll put the hundred sixty five out, you know, out of my pocket, hoping that it's going to make its money back, or and or maybe this one's going to be a hot seller, or like, is it kind of a gamble, or do you do you know your ROI on it? It was a real gamble at first, but now I know how to do the proper research. I can almost guarantee that a book's going to do well. Um, plus, on Amazon, when you put a new book out, they actually boost you in the rankings. Mm-hmm. So when you publish a new book for a keyword, you'll notice it has no reviews, but the first couple of days, it's still on that first page of results. Mm. Um, so typically, your first month, you know you're going to make probably your money back. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And d- does that apply if you just revise the book, or is it only for like a brand new book? Um, if you republish it completely, they would, but if you're just updating it, no, they wouldn't change it. Okay, and what do you mean by republishing it? Like as in change the title, um, like delete it off Amazon oh, and put okay. it back up again under a different kind of... kind of. I guess you would lose all your, your rankings and your reviews and everything. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I wouldn't recommend doing right. that at all. So I have a question about author names. So it looks like for some of your books you use... Well, all your books use pen names. How do you decide if you want... Like so for the gardening, you have one pen name and then for you know for like fitness, you have another pen name. Is that... Is it on purpose or like, like what do you, what's your rationale behind that? Yeah, it's definitely on purpose. Um, what you can do is you can click on the author name and then mm-hmm. check out their other books. So that's another thing. You know, people go, oh, I like this book on herb gardening. Mm-hmm. I'll go and buy the organic gardening book. And yeah. so it's an extra sale that way. And also if you want to build a list, you know, you can build it under that pen name. Okay. Uh, but then there's one of your books that, that you had linked to the first one, um, the Shipping Container Homes. That one only has one book right now. Are you planning on making more in, in that? Uh, I'm not planning on publishing any more books at all for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a lot of books at the moment that aren't optimized, that are, okay. still don't have reviews, all that kind of thing. So I'm taking a step back and trying to get the most out of those books for now. Okay. Um, but that's on a topic, shipping container homes, where uh, it might be tough to find another niche or a niche that uh, has similar books selling well. So what about like tiny homes, like what prefab homes? Yeah, it's the same kind of thing. Like I have those as search keywords for that book. Okay. But from what I found in my research, Shipping Container was the one that was actually making money. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so like when you say research, like how do you, are you just looking at the competitors or what are you actually doing? Yep. So I'll type, so say I typed in Shipping Container Home. Mm-hmm. I'd look at the titles that other people are using. Mm-hmm. And so they'll have a lot of keywords in their titles normally. And I'll go and... Uh, Search search for those titles and see if books are selling better under those titles, uh, under those keywords, and just compare and find the best ones. So okay, so I'm doing a live right now just as we speak. Cause I'm really curious about this. 
can you you can't actually see the keywords that they put in those seven keywords that Amazon gives you. Is it just are you just looking at the title? Yeah, looking at the title, and also you can try and uh, search for those things yourself and mm-hmm. see whose books come up because that's an indication that they would be using those keywords. Okay, and when you're so like let's say I'm looking at this, the competitor here, it's Justin Edwards. He has eight reviews, two ninety nine. Um, how do I know how well is, is he selling? Is it just from that ranking? Yeah, just that, that bestseller ranking. And you can also, a good thing to look at is the publication date. Okay. Uh, because as I said, if it's a new book, they'll normally uh, be inflated. That number will be a bit um, a bit better than it should mm, be. Okay. So just be aware of that as well. Okay. So this one looks like it was published end of March and it's uh, Amazon bestseller rank 81,000. Is that good or bad? That's good. So under a hundred thousand, you're probably going to make at least fifty dollars a month. Oh, nice. Okay. So eighty thousand, I'd say maybe a hundred dollars a month or so, just off the Kindle version. Mm-hmm. And then if you've got a paperback selling as well, it could be double or triple that. Okay, you know this sounds pretty straightforward. I mean, have do a lot of your friends back home do this? No, it's funny. I've tried to get people into it, but I mean, no one really goes for it. It's yeah, they're why, stuck in their ways. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Like you can tell someone how to how to do something and show them how easy it is, and they just don't want to put in the work or take a risk. It's it's so insane. That's why I love having this podcast because I almost feel okay. So some people might might ask, they're like, Johnny, how the heck do you get all these people onto your show and get, to give away all these secrets for free? And I, I honestly think a lot of it is just people are like, man, I've been telling you know all my friends how to do this. Nobody freaking listens. So hopefully, maybe on your podcast, your listeners will actually do something about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean, it drives me crazy too. Like, you know, I have so many friends back home that when I started doing well job shipping, I went home and I was like, look, you got to do this. Like, let me, like, you know, I'll show you how to do it, you know? And I showed, I, was, I think I showed like five people how to do it. And I was like, okay, like, these are your next steps. And a week later, I called them I'm like, hey, have, have you done it? And they're like, oh, I got busy. You know, and then like a month later, I'll call them. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm back in Thailand now. Like, are you, how is your story doing? They're like, oh, I just never started. And I was like, man, like, what are you doing? You know, like, I'm like, literally, it's like I'm handing them a golden key. <laughs> yeah, I think they have to be really, and they have a really good reason to start. Like, they've got to hate their job or be really sick and tired of what they're doing. Something big has to happen to take the action in the first place. Yeah, and I think that's why it's so nice to, instead of trying to convince people they need to do something, just have them for info ready and let them find it themselves yeah exactly yeah let them come when they're ready to do it i yeah. bet you now that you're in thailand and i'm sure you posted some photos on your facebook you're gonna have some friends at home that are jealous and think okay you know what maybe you know they're gonna go to the job that they hate <laughs> yeah that's right i mean they found it a bit strange at first i told them i'm going away for five weeks by myself mm-hmm. to somewhere i've never been and they're going oh why would you do that but i mean they're going to work nine to five and Probably working at a shipping container. That's it. <laughs> while you're writing books about shipping yeah. containers. You know, it's freezing home in Melbourne at the moment, and yeah. I'm here in the sun, swimming in the pool, and working when I want to. You know, it's a whole different world. What What made you decide to come to Chiang Mai? Um, I was looking for kind of a community where people were doing this kind of work, mm-hmm. just somewhere to, I don't know, get motivated. Because at home, I f- was finding it really hard to motivate myself to get anything done. Mm-hmm. I was making a good income compared to my friends. And at that point, you know, a thousand dollars plus a week, and I'm 21. Like, I can oh, you're live. Only 21. I can, yeah, so yeah. I can I can live comfortably on that, and 
So it's really hard to be motivated. But out here, there's so many people doing well. Yeah. Um, I came across some of your YouTube videos. I'm like, wow, these people are doing you know 10,000 a month. I can come out here and sort of compete with them and get in that kind of environment. And how, is that what you found when you got here? Yeah, well, I mean, everyone's just working really hard as soon as I walked in there on, on so many different things. And it somehow works. It's insane. And it's completely different than I can imagine other 21-year-olds back home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, most people are out partying or happy with their full-time job and you know spending it all on the weekends. It's yeah. Did Did you go to university? Uh, I've got half a commerce degree. Okay. Um, so I dropped out halfway through. I might go back one day. Uh, my parents probably want me to. Yeah. But um, do your parents yeah. know how well you're doing now with with this stuff? Yeah, they do. Yeah. So I earn a lot more than my mum now. So she's trying. Oh, to get really? me, yeah, she's nice. trying to get me to teach her. But yeah, I'm still trying to convince dad. But yeah. have them listen to this podcast. Yeah, I, I, I will tell her. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Mr. What is it, Mr. Ingram? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Should be proud of your son. Yeah, that's it. Oh, they're definitely proud. But yeah. yeah, yeah. That's crazy, man. You're 21 years old, making six grand a month, completely location independently, pretty much passive. Yeah, and, exactly. and you're traveling the world. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like, did you think this was a possibility a few years ago? Um, when I first got into it, there wasn't as many people successful with it, mm-hmm. but there were a few. So I knew there was some possibility of it, and it's just a matter of time and hard work and sticking to that goal. Because as I said, for the first year, I didn't really make much money. I was spending a lot and learning a lot. That's a big but dedication, yeah. though, to to keep doing it for a year, even if even if you're not making money. Yeah, I don't know. I just couldn't see myself working in a cubicle yeah. for the rest of my life, kind of thing. What do you th- like, What job do you think you would have right now if if it wasn't for this? Uh, well, I was working at a gym just selling memberships. Uh-huh. It's not a bad job, but I mean, it's not a career. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't just go on holiday to Thailand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go for five weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would never fly. Sick of this cold. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. So, how, all right, so when you first got into it, how did you, like, who inspired you? How, like, did you take a course? Did you read some stuff? Like, how did you actually get into it? Yeah, so I did a course. Um, there's a guy called Stefan Polaranos. Mm-hmm. He has a blog called Project Life Mastery. Mm-hmm. And so he's got a, I think it's called K Money Mastery is his course. Mm-hmm. And so he was one of the first kind of guys making big money with Kindle. And so I was one of the first to really sign up to that and get into it. And since then, he's added a lot to the course. It's a really good program. How much was the course when you signed up? I think I paid $55 American. Okay. That's uh, super cheap. Yeah, and now I pay a monthly fee of something like $30 to be part of their full disclosure membership. Okay. Where you get a heap of extras, access to a Facebook group. Um, there's new videos all the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'll put a link to that uh, as the episode 84 so we can check that out. That's that, that that's cool. I mean, yeah. and so when you first signed up, were you, like, how were you convinced to, to sign up for that? I'd seen a lot of his YouTube videos. I'd seen his blog. I mean, I am an ad for a long time. And, you know, I've been looking at it before it launched even, just all the ads for it. And oh. eventually I just decided, you know, it's only $55. If it's terrible, well... I wonder, I wonder if it's more now. I bet you it is. Yeah, I bet it is, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so he was, he was doing well and he, and he started sharing it. Does he still sell on kindle or is he just teaching the course now you know he still sells on kindle um he's got a bunch of other things as well mm-hmm. uh, so he has like coaching programs and he does really well on his blog he's doing something like a hundred thousand a month online oh he's crushing it yeah so he's absolutely killing it but um 
yeah, he still does some Kindle stuff and he's very involved in it and always updating the course. So it's definitely worth the money. So let me ask you a question. What if he completely stopped doing Kindle books because he got busy and we, you know, let's say he's making so much more from his course teaching it than him actually selling books. Would you still be happy to be a member knowing that it works and he's teaching you what works? Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty sure he does make more of his course because he has some 500 members that pay 30 bucks a month. 30 bucks a month. I mean, what's that, 15,000? Yeah, it's a lot. Every right? month, yeah. So I think that mindset is very different because some people might think, oh, you know, this guy is just making money from his course. And that's what, you know, I've gotten a lot of pushback from the courses I promote or even my new course that isn't making more right now, but hopefully eventually will. Like, do you think that's just kind of having like an abundance mentality or are you just grateful that he's he's sharing it and just hoarding it? Um, I think a bit of an abundance mentality. Like if he's giving you the the information to do that that you couldn't have done by yourself, mm-hmm. well, I mean, he deserves to be making that money every month. And it's kind of hard to, to get over that, that mindset, I think, for a lot of people from, from both sides. You know, first, I think a lot of people who want to get started doing something online, either selling, you know, writing Kindle books, affiliate marketing, dropshipping, one question they always ask is like, you know, one thing they're all skeptical about is why is this person sharing this information? And I think from my point of view, I never asked that question. I was just like, that's cool that they're sharing it. And I'm happy to pay them for that information. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot of scammers out there as well, which make it a bit harder to believe people mm-hmm. online. It's very easy to you know tell some lies and get some money off people and never hear them from them again. But yeah, I think it comes across if you're being honest and truthful. And if I see someone like that that's showing you how to make money online or do something, well, it's worthwhile paying them. And, and but you've been a part of that course for a while now, right? Like how long has it been? Yeah, two years. Okay. Yeah. I think usually kind of the those the ones that you're talking about are kind of overnight things where they're like they do a huge launch and then two months later they're gone <laughs> yeah there's definitely a few like that but I mean, you can normally tell that yeah it's just being careful but it's hard because those kind of skeptical people they they also always look for the new latest greatest thing instead of just finding something that has been consistently working for two years like i don't i mean i personally don't plan on getting into Kimbo publishing just because i'm doing other things but if i was going to do it i'd rather join this course that has two years of a track record, then find the latest, greatest, you know, thing that just, just came out that, you know, that even though it's shiny and new, like who knows, right? Yeah, exactly. Like it's like with your drop shipping, you know, you see it's worked for a long time and the internet changes so fast. So mm-hmm. if something's been working for a long time, it's going to keep working most likely. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. So, so you said you're going to start spending more time optimizing your 192 titles. <laughs> Uh, what's actually involved in that? Okay, so I need to get them reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of the membership program I'm in, there's actually a lot of people there that'll um, swap reviews for you essentially. So you have to pay and download their book. They'll pay and download yours. They give an honest review. You give an honest review. Mm-hmm. Um, but that boosts you in the rankings a heap. So I've got to do that for most of my books. Um, things like changing the covers. If I've got old covers that aren't selling well, something like that can change it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, changing keywords around, testing new things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just stuff like that can really make a big difference. I could definitely see that. Do you think that in retrospect you would have started doing that earlier? Like let's say when you had 100 books out? Or are you happy that you have this this huge amount out already? Yeah, if I could go back in time, I would have produced a lot less books uh-huh. and made them better quality on better topics and 
really stuck to those single books until they were selling well. Instead, I've got a bunch of books that just aren't selling and that need a lot of work now. Okay. Yeah. So, what is like the most random topic? Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I have books on just about everything. I had one particular book is on Greek mythology, mm-hmm. and that was probably my best seller. I didn't expect it, and it wow. was making me over $1,000 a month awesome. off the one book, just on Kindle, no physical books, just, just the Kindle sales. That's insane. And what was that yeah. priced at? Two ninety nine. That's a lot. I mean, how many books do you have to sell at two ninety nine to make a thousand dollars? Oh, there's a heap. I mean, you get about two dollars royalty per book, but there's also a Kindle Unlimited program where you get a, a sort of a cut if people download your book through that program. But I mean, that the Greek mythology market. I think a few more people found it, and unfortunately, it's really easy to publish books. So there's going to be a lot of competition, and it didn't last the sales, but it was good for a few months. What do you? How do you feel about that that competition? Um, I mean, competition's fine. A lot of people are putting out pretty bad books, and you can read their reviews, and and it reflects that. But they might make a money, make some money for a few months, and really knock you off the rankings. But you have to be smart with it and do things like build a back end, uh, create space, Audible, you know, audio books. Um, Kindle's just kind of the first platform, so you can make some money, but it's not the end strategy. Okay, that definitely makes sense. Yeah. Um, this is really interesting. Like, it, it really is, man. And it's one of those things, I mean, because it's kind of like you're drop shipping books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, just about. You know, because not only is the, the paperbacks, you know, that's all printed on demand. So it's not like you have to, you know, like back in the day, you'd have to spend, I don't know, $20,000 printing out all these, you know, 20,000 copies of books, 60,000 copies of books. And just have it sit in a warehouse somewhere. Yeah, well, self-publishing didn't really exist until now. You had to have a publisher, and, I mean, there's a big risk for them, and had all that inventory. You don't know if it's going to sell. Yeah. How many of these books, like, do you have any of these paperbacks at home, like, at your parents' house? No, I actually haven't bought them, um, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I, I mean, I've got, I can read them at home on, on my computer or on a Kindle, but... I yeah. think it'd be cool just to have, like, a shelf full of the books you, you've published. Yeah, I've thought about it, but I've got about a hundred books that are physical books, and if I'm spending you know five dollars per book, it's yeah. Do I want to spend five hundred dollars for these books? I'm probably not going to read. <laughs> Maybe one day. I don't know. I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I think it'd be like a nice uh, token where, like, when your parents see it, yeah, they can physically see what I've got. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the the biggest turning point for gaining my parents' trust in my lifestyle, like you know, they used to always worry about. You know, what the heck am I doing if I'm going to be okay? They used to always ask, like, Johnny, do you have enough money for food? And I'm like, yeah, mom, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> and she's like, are you, are you sure? Because if you can't, if you don't have enough money for food, I can send you some money. And I said to my mom, I'm like, mom, I'm making, like, more, like, I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to say to her, like, I'm making, like, more than you and dad combined. But I was like, no, I'm fine. Like, don't, like, don't worry about me. <laughs> and it wasn't until they saw a paperback copy of my book thinking my cousin or something had ordered it and they showed it to my parents and when they held that in their hand and they flipped through it that's the moment they realized wow like it's you know this is real you know this isn't just some online fantasy world like he's actually doing something and what's ironic is for me my book sales you know I'm not making 6,000 a month for my book sales I'm making like 200 a month but in their mind like the fact that I wrote a book published it somebody bought it means it's a real business yeah it's a tangible thing and they can really see it and 
and feel it. I know what you mean. Yeah. So during that year that you were struggling to get this profitable, how did your friends and your family react? To be honest, I don't think many of my friends really know or understand what I do. I just kind of say, yeah, you know, I work online and that's that. Um, my parents, they were fine with it. I was still working. And as long as I was still, you know, working and had enough money to eat and that kind of thing, they were fine with it. But I think when I actually quit my job, they really realized, wow, like this is a, this is a big thing. Because um, just before I quit my job, I was struggling and then I kind of I worked it out and I went from like a thousand a month to maybe like four thousand a month and they kind of stepped back and went, whoa, you know, this is a real business. What were those changes that you made? Um, I really started being picky with my topic selection. So I picked good, good topics to write on and also making sure I got reviews and ran free promotions for my book as well. Okay. And by free promotions, are you just talking about uh, Kindle's KDP Select? Yeah, so I use KDP Select, which gives you five uh, free promotion days every 90 days. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you stop doing that every 90 days, your books, a lot of the time, will really drop in the rankings. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just being strict with myself and making sure every three months I put it on another promotion. Okay. Is there a way to automate that or do you have to just remember to do it or I guess put it in calendar? Yeah, I just I just have a calendar set on my iPad, and okay. that's it. And it takes literally you know two seconds to set a free promotion up. I wonder why they can't just have that as an option, where every ninety days it'll just do it for you. Yeah, it would be nice. I mean, it automatically re-enrolls you in the KDP Select program. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's really it's not hard to do. And I mean, I could work for ten minutes a week mm-hmm. and just leave it how it is by just doing those promotions. I like it. So the the KDP Select program. I know it, the biggest benefit is it allows you to give away your book for free once every three months. Are there any other benefits of it? Um, yeah, so I think about 10 free downloads equates a real download. Okay. So what that'll do is that'll boost you in the rankings quite a bit, generally if you can get enough downloads. Mm-hmm. Um, so you set your book up for free promotion and there's a lot of directory sites you submit it to. And if your book's good and they, they like it, they'll promote it on their website and okay. basically send traffic to that book. So it's really there just to boost your rankings. Uh, so by directories, are you talking about just like like Goodreads or like are they like specific like free Kindle book directories? Yeah, just, just free Kindle book directories that have a big email list or a big subscriber list. Um, and they'll just, yeah, post on their website or send out an email blast saying, you know, these 10 books are free this week. Okay. And yeah. And so... Do you have to pay to, to get your book submitted on there, or how does that work? You can pay, um, but there are a lot of free ones. It's just not guaranteed. So if you want a guaranteed s- submission, it'll normally be maybe $5, but okay. I normally just stick to the free version. Okay. Um, I remember for a while, I think, so Amazon changed the rules with, uh, with their affiliate program, where before... Um, those lists would make money by sending tons of people to download these free books and then we get an Amazon cookie so they ended up buying something like a blender or something that yeah. same day yeah. they'd get paid a fake commission <laughs> but I think they changed that now uh, where I think no longer do they get um, a fake commission if they're just sending free like free book downloads are, are you aware of that at all? I'm not sure I haven't really um, looked into the affiliate program with Amazon but yeah that makes a lot of sense but I mean, there's probably a lot of people paying them, you know, five dollars per book mm-hmm. to promote their book. And if you're like me and have two hundred books, that starts to add up. Yeah. Okay. So the, I guess they changed their, their model now, or maybe they were always doing that. Um, but you know, I guess they have. I'm trying to figure out what their incentive is of of operating that because I'm sure that yeah. takes some time from them. 
Yeah, I'd say probably just what the authors are paying them. But initially, maybe, yeah, Amazon affiliate links would make a lot of sense. Well, one thing that people, a lot of people don't do is you can be an affiliate for your own book. So if you go to 12weeksinthailand.com or lifechangesquick.com and you buy the my, one of my books through my Amazon link, that's also my affiliate program. So not only do I get paid 70% of the book cost, so I might get $7 for the book, I also get 10% for or 8% for, um, for the affiliate cut. So that's just kind of extra money for free. Yeah, that's a strategy I haven't actually looked into, but that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, extra and, extra 8%. And the coolest thing about it is when people buy other products in that 24-hour period or whatever that that cookie period is, you also get credit for that. So I'll actually just kind of pull up my, my dashboard now. Uh, Amazon Associates, I think. I think I... So in my, in my affiliate marketing course, Earnest Affiliate... I use my actual dashboard as an example so people can kind of see what, what sells. Yep. And I haven't looked at it this month, but I'm assuming there's going to be random products that that I didn't promote that people are buying. So let's take a look here. So this month I made $265.77 from, from my Amazon affiliate store, which is pretty good. Yeah, uh, definitely. Pretty happy with that because uh, that's... A, that's um, separate from the money I make selling my actual books. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's 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 really good. Yeah, so there's, I mean, really no reason not to do it because I think so. So for, if I had to actually take a look at my Kindle books, uh, it's month to date sales. Yep. Take a look at that. Uh, so it looks like I sold 22 copies of 12 Weeks in Thailand, 28 copies of Ice Changes Quick. So that's actually pretty good. Um, that's that's one of my my best months, and I think it's because this was kind of just by accident. Because uh, one of the I forgot who it was. I think it was either Business Insider or the the Independent or one of those those people. They wrote um, they wrote a feature on me, and then they actually linked to the books. So I think that's why people bought them. But normally it's it's not as high. So let me take a look to see how much I made on that. But yeah, I mean, either way, that's that's going to be a couple hundred bucks. But for the actual affiliate program, that's an extra two hundred sixty-five dollars for doing nothing. And read out some of these items that that people have bought through my through my Amazon affiliate store that are random. Wow, yeah, that definitely adds up. I mean, some people would love just that two hundred and fifty dollars a month online. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, like li- literally read some of these titles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've got nothing to do with your book. What do you got? Amy Buyer Big Girls Long Jumper with Popover. I don't even know what that is. I think that's like children's clothes. Someone's bought some sunblock. Yeah. Uh, so a these- cleaning kit for cameras. Yeah. So yeah. Th- these are the books. But then what else? There's cell phone accessories and battery. iPhone 6 case. Uh, uh, pro- protein powder. A computer monitor. <laughs> some RAM. <laughs> uh, what else is there? Oh, a whole Honeywell whole room air conditioner. No, air circulator. What's funny is I actually used to work for Honeywell. That was <laughs> that was the job that I had uh, before I decided to quit and come to come to Thailand. Now they're paying you commission. Yeah, it's insane, right? It's good. Uh, bed sheets. <laughs> Japanese rice washing bowl with strainer. So you don't recommend these things? They just. No, I, like one, there, there's no, I, and most of these things I've never heard of. Like, I have no idea what a, 
I guess, well, you know what? I do know what a rice cooker is. And Zonrushi is a good brand. But, yep, no, there's no links to these directly anywhere. Uh, 100% of these come from people buying my book and then buying something else on Amazon, either during that same checkout period or within that 24-hour cookie. Okay, so just because you recommend them that they go to Amazon and they buy something else, mm-hmm. you still get commission. Yeah, wow. and I, I don't. Amazon changes it quite often. The their cookie period, uh, I think it's twenty four hours. It's not. It's not like a long period. You know, for some sites, it might be like a thirty day cookie. So, you know, if I recommended something else, not not on Amazon, um, and they come back and they buy it within thirty days, I'll get credit for it. But Amazon's, you know, they're very particular. They're like, you know, if if they don't buy it that same day, we're not going to give you credit. But what's nice is a lot of times, you know, someone might say, okay, I want to buy Johnny's book, Life Changes Quick. And they add it to cart and they're like, well, what else do I need? <laughs> yeah, and Amazon will recommend other products as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's very detailed, their, their process. So, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, people are like, well, I also, you know, I've always also wanted to buy this other book, you know, The Law of Attraction, or I wanted to buy The Emperor of Maladies. <laughs> And then they're like, well, you know what? Maybe I need some shoes. I need some of these uh, Oxford vintage style <laughs> genuine leather buffalo <laughs> shoes. And they just end up buying it. So it's, I don't know. It's like, to me, it's free money. Yeah. It's easy. Nothing you really have to do. Just link to your book. That's such a good idea. Yeah. There you go, man. You got 192 books you can link to now. Yeah, exactly. Should increase my royalties a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Free money. Awesome. Um, yeah. So th- these are the, this is basically what I do. So in, in my course, Ernest Affiliate, I show exactly what I showed you right now, but with like a live screen share, and I'll explain like the techniques I use to make affiliate income, recommending stuff I would have recommended anyways. So that's why I'm not spending time writing books because this is kind of like the best use of my personal time. Yeah. But I really think that if someone's just getting started and they're like, well, I don't really know what to do, I think writing Kindle books is also a great idea. Yeah, I think if you're just getting started and you don't want to invest a lot of money, Kindle's probably the easiest way to get started online. Mm-hmm. And I find, you know, once you make that first dollar online, it's you have the confidence to try other things and move into different areas. But yeah, start with Kindle. You can write a book yourself and then who knows where it can take you. Would you recommend that, like, let's, let's say your cousin, you know, wanted to, to get into this. Would you recommend they write the, their first book themselves? If they had knowledge on a particular topic, I'd say, yeah, if you consider yourself to be an expert at something and I think most of us are experts at least one particular thing um, but really you know only do that if that topic's gonna sell and you do your research and you see it selling on Amazon otherwise I mean you can invest a hundred dollars and get someone else to write it and if, if you're not willing to spend a hundred dollars well you're not really serious about making money online in my opinion you know I would I, I like that I actually would almost say for your first book it's hard to say because here's a problem is the mo- so the model that you're doing is it's not necessary that you want to spend three months researching a book and writing it it's kind of like you want to just pump it out yeah and I almost think that the, the problem with that is like a lot of people might you know they might get s- s- sucked into spending too much time writing that first book if it's them writing it versus if it's you know them hiring someone they're like okay well this is, you know, that that's going to be the way it is. Maybe they'll spend time editing it, um, but they're not going to spend three months, you know, twiddling their thumbs. Yeah, especially, I think if it's in your own name as well, you're going to be a perfectionist with it and really want to put out a perfect piece of work. Um, but really, I mean, 
if you want to write it yourself, just write it rough, put it up there. You can always edit it later. Use a pen name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're not confident, yeah. So being Australian, was it any more difficult to set up uh, being an Amazon seller than if you were American? No, it was pretty much the same process. Um, Amazon does withhold 5% of my royalties um, for tax, mm-hmm. um, but I claim that back at tax time anyway. Okay. Whereas if you're in the US, you pay 0% tax. That's really the only difference. Mm. Okay. And it transfers to your Australian bank account? Yeah, so they do a wire transfer, which will cost uh, most banks in Australia will charge about twenty dollars each mm-hmm. time you get paid. But if you're getting paid in you know thousands, it's really negligible. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Okay. So, big plans, the future plans. You're gonna optimize. You're gonna, so you're gonna check my for a few more weeks. Uh, what are your goals here, and then what are your goals for the next couple of months? So the goals here are to get all my books optimized as well as I can. I'm hiring a lot of virtual assistants to help organize reviews for those books. And then I want it to be, by the end of the year, basically 100% passive, 8,000 plus a month between all sales channels, and then onto something else. So, I don't know, maybe FBA or drop shipping or something, something that requires a bit more cash to really do well with it. And mm-hmm. um, if I'm making, you know, that 8,000 a month kind of thing, that's a really good cushion to fall back on and good money to invest. Very cool. Man, for, for being a 21-year-old, you're crushing it. Yeah. Big, doing, big doing congrats doing. on that, man. Thank you. Big thank congrats. You. Uh, any travel plans? Uh, not really. I think a few of us are going to America next year. Uh-huh. So, got to wait for my friends to get time off work and everything, obviously, but I'll be able to take the laptop and go whenever they're ready. That's insane, right? Think about it. Like, if it wasn't for them, you can just go now. <laughs> yeah, I probably would just go now, to be honest. But yeah. And when you're there, it's going to be crazy because I don't think they're really going to get it. I think this is what's going to happen, I promise you. They're going to be so pumped up to go to America because they have two weeks off or three weeks off. That when you open your laptop, you know, just for, what, 30 minutes a day or whatever it is. Yeah. They're going to say, Adrian, what are you doing, bro? You know, let's go drink. Yeah, probably, probably. They probably won't have any idea what I'm doing on that computer, but... You know, if I can tell them that, hey, it's paying for this trip, they might understand a bit more. I think in the beginning, yeah. the first first two weeks, they're not going to get it. They're like, bro, put down that computer, you know, let, let's, let's go jump in the pool. And then that last day when they're getting ready to go home and you're like, oh, I'm just going to stay here for another month. <laughs> yeah, they might start asking, you know, how are you doing this? But yeah, who knows? Yeah, well, hopefully they're going to listen to this podcast and they're going to get inspired as well. I'm, I'm sure you literally you're inspiring thousands of people right now with your story. So I really, really appreciate you coming on, sharing your knowledge. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Um, so I'm not really selling anything or, you know, doing anything. I don't have a blog or anything. That's something else to look into. Um, I'm just on Facebook. That's about it. Yeah. yeah Instagram yeah. or anything like that? Um, yeah, my Instagram's not really work-related or anything. <laughs> but I just go, if you, if you want to know more... Um, just message me on Facebook, Adrian Ingram. It's probably on the, the title of this podcast. But okay. Yeah, shoot me a message. Awesome. I'll, I'll have links to that in the show notes. Adrian, thanks thanks again for being on the show. Re- really enjoyed it. I look forward to hanging out with you here in Thailand for the next couple of weeks. And uh, have a safe trip back. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, How to Choose the Perfect Niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.